0: Good morning everybody, in today's year we're going to discuss a halachic and ashkavic perspective on whether the captain has to be the last man on the ship. In a time of danger, does a leader have to stay with his community, or no, the leader is allowed to leave, so he's allowed to run away, so that he can save his own life. Today's year was inspired because we were learning Yeshua together, and we saw that the Radak in Yeshua, Perak Dalid brings down that when Kleisah went through the Yardin, the apostle sounds like Yeshua was the last one to cross the Yardin, and the Radak spoke out. that near Yaser, that Yeshua was the last one to stay in the garden because he wanted Kala Israel to have the confidence that they would all be able to go through safely so that's why Yeshua was the last one who stayed in the garden, and he only crossed after the rest of Kala Israel was saved after the rest of Kala Israel crossed over. So this radak led us to this to explore this halacha, to explore the ashkafa. What is the Torah's perspective? When a ship is drowning, for example, do we say that the captain is responsible and he should stay till the end? He's the leader of the ship, so he should stay till the end. Or do we say, no, the captain is like anybody else and he has a din of the hayach and he has to save his own life. So that's Hashem. In today's shir, we're going to discuss, first of all, the halacha. So what happens when a ship is drowning? Who do we save first? Are we supposed to save the children, the women, the, the men on the ship, the stronger people? Who do we save first? And then we're going to discuss, in general, the hashka perspective on when a community is in a time of danger, should the leaders stay with the community, or the leaders are, should leave, they should run away, and maybe then they'll be able to save the people from where they run to. So let's start. With, the, with a few disclaimers number one the, this discussion about who we save on a ship and does the captain have to stay on the ship to the end is really quite a complicated and sigya very complex quite a few sigas which are all interconnected which you really have to go through in order to learn the sigya well and there have been many tshubas unfortunately which have been written recently that discuss this issue and this is the shaila, the discussion of triage in a situation where you have many people who are sick many people for example during the current times of corona where you only have a certain amount of ventilators you have a limited amount of certain supplies and now the question is who should we give it to who should we give these items to? So it's really quite a complicated question And Baruch Hashem We have great G'daylem And great Rabbanim, Who have written tshuvahs On this issue So we're just going to try to give A basic outline A basic overview Of this tshuvah So the idea The main halacha The main source For this discussion Of who we save in a situation Where you have many people In a situation of sakana You have many people Who are drowning for example Or many people Who need a ventilator So the basic Mishnah Which discusses this halacha Is similarly a Mishnah alf The, the Mishnah Haris. And tells us that Ish Kaidem Isha the Mishnah is giving a list, an order of who we save first. So the Mishnah starts off, you take a look at the Mishnah, Dafi Gial the Mishnah says that Ish le ish Veda, the Mishnah gives a list and says that a man comes before a woman, So the simple reading of our Mishnah sounds like that in a situation where you're not sure who to save. You save the man first. However, if you take a look, the mirror over there already learns that this mission is not going to shoot. It's not referring to a situation of Sakana where two people are in danger. Rather, it's referring to who we give tzedakah first. If two people need food, then we give it to the man before the woman. This halacha is brought down in Shacharach Nechas tzedakah that you give the man first. So it sounds like the Shacharach is going with the mirror's mahalach. However, the Ramah brings down over there that the mission is discussing when two people are drowning. The mission is this, says that you save the man before you save the woman. However, Ramesha Feinstein and the Tzal many other plates in their chuvus basically say that this mishnah is not they discuss that either the tzitzel yezer goes with the idea that, this, that the mishnah is referring to tzedakah or Ramesha says that this halacha only applies when all the other factors are equal for example they're the exact same age and they both came at the exact same time and they're both the exact same situation of sakana. then maybe we'd apply this mishnah however practically speaking Ramesha and the tzitzel yezer don't really go with this mishnah in prioritizing who we stay first rather they both give different conditions it's really fascinating you have to go through truth as well. The opinions of of Ramesha is definitely subject subject to debate between some of his children and Thomas Talmudim what exactly Ramesha held, how it worked how we save how we save and who we save first. And maybe dependent, you know, when Ramesha was discussing using limited resources, medical supplies. It may depend on who came in first to be treated. It may depend on who has more likelihood of a chance to be saved. Ramesh even has a suggestion on certain scenarios you may have to make a raffle, which is definitely a very interesting possibility. However, it's quite a complex shayla, these types of situations of limited resources. How do we respond? Definitely an interesting and complex shayla. You want to take a look inside. Ramesh is a Chesh Mishpat, Simon Ayin hey. Take a look at, titz- at the Titzel Yezer in Chelek Yurches, Simon Aleph. Definitely an interesting discussion. However, I was not able to find many chuvas or really any other Shuvah besides for this one discussing the halacha of triage on a boat. Let's say you have a boat which is sinking. So now what is the halacha? Who do we save first? Should we save the men? Should we save the women? Should we save the children? Should we save the less able-bodied people? Who do we save? So I was able to find Reb Chaim Hershenson Zatzal, his chedushim on Mesech das Hires. Now who exactly is Reb Chaim Hershenson? So he was a fascinating Talmud Chacham. He was born in Eretz Yisrael in 1857. He was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. He was an incredibly, incredibly prolific author. He wrote many, many, over 30 svarim. He was involved in the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael and then later on in his life he actually came to America and he was the chief rabbi of Hoboken, New Jersey he was the rabbi of the Hoboken Shul and the surrounding areas and he was really a fascinating his most probably his most important Sefer is a six set volume of Seferim which he put out Called Malki Bakaydish, which are is discussing the halachas of a theoretical state, of a theoretical Jewish state. He foresaw already the possibility. He, a, he believed very strongly in the state of Eretz Israel. This is before the state was ever created. And he wrote the chuvahs discussing what would be the halacha if the state's created. How do we set up a military system? How do we set up a system in court? How do we set up a hospital? all of these halachas, he wrote these tshuvas, Malki B'Kedush, a six-set uh, six volume, discussing his issues. It's actually interesting, there's not that many svarim which discuss the creation of a Jewish state from halachic perspective, what the halachic implications are. This is definitely one of the very important svarim The Tzitzel Yezer also has a very important set of svarim discussing, the Jewish state from a halachic perspective, but that is probably Rechaim Hershinson's main safer. Now, he, if you look in his Chuvas, he corresponded with many of the Gedalim. Tipesaf Frank wrote him a very interesting letter from Eric Tisrael when he was in America. So, in his Chuvas, he definitely corresponded with many different Gedalim. He was somewhat of a controversial controversial figure. He definitely had some very interesting ideas in regards to his Mahalach and Halacha, his Mahalach and Ashkafa. Definitely very interesting, but it is clear that Rev Cook was Machshavim and definitely many different Gedalim wrote Chuvas them. He definitely had many correspondences with different g'daylem. If anybody is interested in to hear more about him. I spoke to two from historians. I was curious to hear more about him, and I reached out to a Penny Dunner and Professor Mark Shapiro. They definitely gave me some more insights into who this person was, into who this time was. Definitely a fascinating person. So in his Chedushim, the Sachlus he discusses the Titanic, that when the Titanic went down. So he discusses what is the Allahic perspective of what the Titanic was sinking and they only had a limited number of lifeboats, so who should they save first? So it's interesting, first he starts off by discussing that he heard that there were people who jumped into the lifeboats, he had men who jumped into the lifeboats, and the people on the ship, they kicked them off the lifeboats, they threw them off and they said, no, women and children come first. So he writes in, the, he writes in his chadushim, that's a terrible thing, that the is doyche nefesh me nefesh. that's a maizah ritzicha, if a person's on a lifeboat, you are not allowed to throw them off the lifeboat and exchange it for somebody else, that's a problem with ritzicha, In doyach nefesh me nefesh. and you are not allowed to throw anybody off the lifeboat once they're on. So now so it says, So what should you do? What should be the proper protocol? Who should you say first in the boat? You only have a, a limited number of resources, you only have a certain amount of lifeboats. So who, sh- so who should you save first? So he writes there that he believes that what should happen is, is that the captain of the ship, the person who's running the ship, the person who's, who's in charge, should set up a certain protocol, he should set up a certain, a certain set of rules, a certain set of guidelines, and those rules should be followed however he feels is the most appropriate. He doesn't really describe exactly what the conditions are and what the rules should be, how he should make the decision, but he says the captain should make the decision, he should set up who should be saved first, and they should follow those guidelines. And he says you do have to factor in the of Kiddush Hashem. He says, imagine if it was a Jewish captain and he totally made a Chil Hashem, however he set up his system, so you have to factor that in. However, we have to follow the halacha, he writes, so if the aloha contradicts with the, the, you know, what the non-Jewish law would be, that we would not follow the non-Jewish law, we would have our own system. Again, he doesn't exactly give us a clear guidelines, clear guidance for who we say first, but he does say that he believes it's the captain's job to set up specific guidelines, specific rules, and we would follow that guidance. So now what's the halacha? What about the captain? So now we haven't really spoke out. What should the captain do? Should the captain stay all the way at the end to save the people on the ship? Or no, should we say that Hayek in his life comes first, and he should have the same responsibility, he should have the same mitzvah to try to save himself. So on the surface level, this is a sikh about Mitzia, really, where it's Patura. the idea where the Gemara comes out and you have, a pit, you have a bottle of water for two people. The Gemara says, and the person should take a drink. So it sounds like on the symbol of that Gemara that the person would have an obligation to save himself, and therefore, the captain should make sure, try to save himself and leave the ship even before everybody else is saved. However, they're multiple reasons why one would assume that the captain should possibly say: Number one is a possibility to say that if the captain stays on the ship he'll be able to save more people. He'll be able to save everybody else on the ship and if he leaves then more people are going to die. So there's a possibility if Cook discusses it in his chuvas other, other places discuss discusses as well And during the Holocaust unfortunately these shouts came up that a person who has the ability to save a rabbi, a person who has the ability to save many people and give up his own life there's a very strong possibility that he, that he has an obligation or maybe even if he doesn't have the obligation he definitely has a mitzvah to do that. So number one is a reason to, to believe that maybe the the captain should stay because he has the ability to save more people if he stays on the ship. Number two, there's an interesting tshuva from Rav Asher Weiss. Rav Asher Weiss discusses, discusses in Minchas Asher that even though in general the Allah is that a person is not allowed to put himself in a situation of sakana to save somebody else. Definitely very interesting discussion The on what the parameters are based on Yushami, Miya or Advaz what level of sakana a person is allowed to place himself in order to try to save somebody else. For example, a person who's at the edge of a river and he sees somebody drowning. So now if he goes in, he might also drown. Is he allowed to jump in and save that person? So it really depends. So again, it's really, it's really a big discussion exactly what level of sakana a person is allowed to take you. <laughs> However, Rav Weiss writes that let's say a person is a lifeguard. Let's say a person is a police officer or a soldier. Then Rav Russia Weiss says, even though in general we would tell a person, you're not allowed to jump in. You're not allowed to put yourself in a situation of sakana. Because for you, that would be awesome However, for a person whose entire job is to put himself in a situation of sakana, says Rav Weiss, you can't use the regular parameters. Because since he signed up for the job, and the entire job description was, that I am going to place myself in a situation of danger to try to save other people. So therefore, his responsibility is, much, is different than a regular person and therefore Russia-wise says that a person would be responsible, for example, a lifeguard would be responsible to place himself in a situation of Savik Sakana to save somebody else. So again, it could be that the captain of the ship, when he signs up for his job, if we assume that the protocol is that the captain stays all the way to the end to make sure everybody else gets off, it could be it, w- it would be his responsibility to stay to the end. Again, it might be, there might be a difference between whether he's the la- he for sure going to die or Savik Sakana the, during the Titanic, the captain of the ship actually died. So definitely, interesting discussion. There's definitely what to talk to. So practically, Halachah Vomai is the captain supposed to be the last man on the ship? Can he be the last man on the ship? Should he leave earlier? Definitely a lot to discuss, definitely a lot of logic factors. We would love to hear anybody else's thoughts, opinions, or other sources on the, on the topic. It is interesting to note, before we move to the second issue, the second Ashkothic perspective, that this idea that the captain is supposed to be the last man on the ship, and that the, the woman and the children go first, it could be, I was taking, trying to read a little bit in history, it could be that this is somewhat of a recent phenomenon. It could be that this has only recently became more popular, maybe in the 1800s, right before the Titanic sunk, that this idea became popular, but it could be before then this idea never really existed. So it's definitely interesting to know exactly when this whole musig, when this whole concept of the captain stays on the ship, it's unclear exactly when it developed. If anybody has more insight than that, we would love to hear as well. So now, what about the Ashgothic perspective? What is, supposed to, what is the terrorist perspective or eight Ashgothic perspective on when a community is in a situation of Sakana, or let's say the, everybody's drowning on the boat? So now the question is, should the leader flee? Should the leader run away? Should the captain of the ship say, my life is just as precious as yours, and I'm going to run away? Or should the captain say, or should the leader say, no, since I'm the leader of the community, I'm taking responsibility for everybody else? and therefore I'm going to stay till the end so I believe one of the more important sources on the topic is the Drash's Chassam Seifer in Shemais, the Chassam Seifer discusses this exact issue the Chassam Seifer writes how the Nehdi Bihuda. there was a situation of Sakana in Prague where the Nehdi Behuda left, where the Nehdi lived and the Nehdi Bihuda wanted to leave the city he wanted to run away, so to, to get out of the situation of danger, and the Chassam Seifer writes that the people in Prague wanted to hold the Nehdi back, they didn't want to let him leave they said, you can't leave us during the time of crisis, the leader's responsibility is to take care of the community. And now that we're in a situation of crisis that the the city of Prague is in a situation of danger. The Neid Behuda, you have to stay. You have to stay and help us. So first, the Chassam Sefer starts out by saying that that was very selfish of them. How could they hold the Neid back? The Neid was trying to run away and save his life. They should have let him run away. And, he, the, and the Chassam Sefer writes that he, he goes back and forth trying to bring riots to the Shiloh. He, first, he suggests, based on the Gemara in Brachis, that the Gemara tells us that in that a person who's locked up, the Gemara over there is discussing that a certain Tana got sick, and the Gemara says that he had to have somebody else dabbing him for him. And the Gemara explains... Why couldn't he dive for himself? So the Gemara says because in that a person who is in a situation of danger he can't get himself out he has to have other people down for him. So therefore, suggests Chosam Seifer maybe the Neidivudah is right that the Neidivudah should leave the city because when he's in the city he won't be able to down for them. On the other hand, says Chosam Seifer maybe the people in the city were right because maybe if he stays in the city he'll feel the tsar of the city and that's his responsibility to stay with them and he will be able to help them. So Chosam Seifer brings Mar back and forth and then he brings he says that he saw. That in another town, this situation happened, and it was the town, I believe, of the Hafla, and they sent the Hafla away when there's a time of danger. So says, you know, says Hs. Saifer, you see that different communities had different an and in some communities, they made the leader stay. In some communities, the leader left. So says Hs. Saifer, it's really a shayla which is up to the great place to decide. He doesn't really give a hakhra he doesn't really give a final Psaq. However, he does write at the end that he does believe it is appropriate for the Tamil Chachem to say, he does believe that it is appropriate for the leader of a community to stay with the community in a time of crisis and not to leave and try to save his own life. If you take a look at the Chassam Seifer in Khundaf and Vav he discusses this as well and he seems to offer this conclusion that the leader should stay. So now the question is so the Chassam Seifer is telling us that both opinions are valid. He believes that the leader technically could leave, but maybe he really should stay. Now the question is, is there any raya?s Do we have any proofs to what the Chassam Seifer's own on Huggle was? Did we have a situation where the Chassam Seifer was in a situation of crisis, where the city was in crisis, and the Chassam Sefer responded. So I saw brought down, very interestingly, that the Chassam Sefer, during the siege in 1809, when Napoleon came in to the city of Pressburg, that the Chassam fled the city, even though people didn't want him to flee, he left against the wishes of the community. And that's why in his Drashis, which he wrote later on, he, he was regretting what he did, and he, and he was writing that what he felt that what he did was, was really inappropriate. However, I don't believe that this is true. If anybody has a source for this idea that the Chassam Sefer fled against the community's wishes, I would love to see. However, the Chassam Seifer in his own diary addresses this whole concept, this whole story. Chassam Seifer wrote a fascinating diary, in which he discusses, it's called Sefer Azikarin, to the Seifer, and in the diary he discusses what happened during the siege of Napoleon. So in it he writes that they heard that Napoleon was coming, it was a very s- serious war, it was a very dangerous war, and approximately two, three days before Napoleon actually came around Pressburg, the Chassam Seifer collected money from the entire community, and he did some sort of pigeon staka, he was trying to redeem the community from the danger. And then the Chassam Sefer composed a tefillah, a very interesting tefillah actually, which later during World War I people adapted into their tefillahs. It was a tefillah which was said during a time of danger, during a time of war that he, that he composed, that Klai should say in a time of danger. And then the Chassam Sefer writes that right when Napoleon was at the edge of the city, when Pressburg was under siege and there were arrows flying right outside the city. So the Chassam Sefer had a dream that he has to leave the city, he has to flee. However, he writes that people in the community came to him and said, how can you leave the city? Chassam cipher you can't leave us you're the leader. You have to take responsibility. You can't go. So Chassam writes that he went to sleep, and he doesn't. He didn't doesn't say what he's going to do the next morning. He writes that he went to Shul, and they said Al Malkeinu in Shul because of the danger. And then the people in the community told him the night before that he shouldn't leave. They came back to him and said, "You know what? It's in such. A, we're in such a dangerous situation. We all have to leave, and you, Chassam Seifer, should leave as well." And then the Chassam writes that Kachava he left the city, and he was saved. Many of the people left with him, and they were all saved. And then at the end, he writes at the end of the whole saga, he made a gaimel. Definitely a fascinating story if you want. to take a look at the details, it is very interesting to see the Chassam Sefer describing the challenge and the war, but it seems that the Chassam, the Chassam Sefer did not leave against the wishes of his community, and it seems that he did follow what he writes in the in the Jirashis, that the leader should stay unless it is appropriate that he leave. So this Chassam Sefer, however, is the primary source that was quoted in many different shuvahs discussing this Shailah, what happens in a situation of sakon, a situation of danger, should the leader stay or should the leader flee? It's interesting, during World War II when the Chazanish was asked this question, the Chazanish many times was asked by different Rabbanim, a different gedolim, different people, should they leave their town, should they leave their city, should they try to escape from Europe or should they stay with, their, or should they stay with the people in the city, should they stay with their congregants, should they stay with their Talmidim? So the Chazanish would point to the Sefer and he said, I can't give an a and the Chassam, Chassam Seifer himself doesn't give Akhra, but the Chazanish was not willing to give a Pesach in the shaila. He said, it's such a complicated shaila. you have to look at the Chassam Seifer and you can follow what he says, you can try to follow what the Chassam Seifer advised. So now I'd like to just, for the next few minutes, discuss which Gidelem, which Rabbanim practically Went with this idea that a leader stays with his community during the times of crisis, during the times of Sakana. And there are many, many, many Gedalim who did this during World War II. We're just going to discuss a few that were able to find clear sources for this concept. So if you take a look in the Chuas van Huggis of Meisha Sternbach in Chayla Gimel Aleph, I believe it's also in Rabbi own Sefer, but I couldn't find it. The Meisha Sternbach describes how Rabbi during World War II was actually in America and he stopped over in England. And the people advised and the people said, You can't go back, you're going to go back, and you're going to die, you can't go back to the community in Europe, it's a holocaust now, and if you go back, you are going to die, and Rebuchadnezzar responded captain Ubiprat kisheruchs are miskay responded, the captain doesn't leave the ship when the ship is sinking, and especially when there are very strong winds which are going to destroy it. So you see Rabbachan was willing to sacrifice his own life, and Kahhaver Rubbuchan Watson went back, and he was Nifter in the ninth fort, he was taken, captured in nineteen forty-one, and he was murdered with everybody else in the city. It's actually very it's amazing to see Rabbi Fraim Ashri in the Saifim Ramakim quotes the last words of Rebucharan before he was Nifter. It was really unbelievable. Araban's surrounded by his talmidim, surrounded by the people in the city, and instead of breaking down in tears, instead of losing his composure, he gets up and he gives an entire speech, Rebbe Rashi was able to escape, and he gives us the speech that Rabbi Hanan gave, and Rabbi Hanan describes how we have to prepare ourselves for Shemaim, how we're about to go up and die on Kiddush Hashem, and we should use this opportunity, says Rabbi Hanan, to be mechaper, to atone for the Averis of our Chaveim in America. So you see was willing to sacrifice his own life to go back and die with the rest of the community, and he was able to inspire them to die. Kiddush Hashem. Another God that we see followed the Sanhaga, again, many, many, many G'dayim filed the Sanhaga during World War I, World War II, I'm sure, earlier, just discussing a few of them. The Piet the Rebbe, the H. Kaidesh, who many of us now learn is Svarim, the Chavis the and others. So, the Piet the Rebbe at the time when World War II broke out, he actually was in Switzerland, and he was encouraged by his Tamidim. They said, Don't come back. How can you go back to Europe? You know you're going to die. And the Piet the Rebbe responded, A Rebbe is not willing to descend into Gehenim in order to rescue his Tamidim, is not considered a Rebbe. And the Tamidim said, You have a Rebbe, Rebbe, please stay. Don't come back. You're going to die. He said, Absolutely not. He said, The ship's captain is the last to abandon the ship not the first my place is with the community my place is to go back and Kahava, the Piyot Rebbe went back and he was killed al Hashem during the Holocaust it's interesting the Piyot Rebbe's father the Imar Emetz writes that the most important way that a person could show his Avas Hashem the greatest way a person could show his love for Hashem says that pietas Tessar his father is to be meisar nefesh, to give up his life to save another Jew, to help another Jew. Explains Zerahemes, why is that the case? He says, imagine you want to show your love to somebody else. Imagine you want to show somebody, show somebody that you love him. So one thing you could do is, I can say I'll give up my life to save your life. That's one level. However, says Zerahemes, if I say I'll give up my life to save your son's life, somebody that you love, that's even a greatest, that is even a greater form of Ava a greater form of love. And therefore, says the Yeram, a person, a chacham, a regular person is willing to sacrifice their life to go back and to help somebody else, to help another Jew, that is the greatest form of Avas Hashem, the greatest form of showing Kaddish Baruch how much you love him, that you're willing to go back and try to help save his children. In a somewhat different context, however, related to this discussion, when the Lubavitcher Rebbe was asked by Ariel Sharon after the Yom Kippur War, so Ariel Sharon came to him, the Lubavitcher Rebbe and said, why don't you move to Israel? If you, the go to Eretz Yisrael. You move to Eretz Yisrael, you're going to have so many Talmudim, so many followers are going to follow you, so why don't you come to Eretz Yisrael? So the Rebbe responded, you're right, technically you're right, that if I move to Eretz Yisrael, many of my Talmudim are going to come, many Lubavitchers are going to move to Eretz Yisrael. However, the, the Rebbe responded that it's forbidden for the commanding officer to go first as in the case of a captain when he's on a ship which is in danger, that the captain is the last person to leave the ship. So Lubavitcher Rebbe explained that until every Jew in America is from, until I take care of every Jew in America, I'm not going to to Israel. This is brought down in Talishkin's book on Lubavitcher Rebbe. If you take a look, page 315, the Rebbe said that I am like the commanding officer on a ship. I am like the captain. I am taking responsibility for Kalei Israel. And therefore, until every single person in America is saved, until I make sure to reach every single person, I have not fulfilled my duty. Shdesh to be Messiah? one more time and one more gadol who applied this concept was the Panovich Rebbe, that the Panovich Rebbe left in 1941 to Eretz Yisrael, and he was, on a fundraising, he was on a fundraising trip for the Yeshiva. And during the war, he stayed in Eretz Yisrael, eventually restarted the Yeshiva in Abrak. So if you take a look in the Zikrin Shlaima, which is a Shul Razovsky, Zikrin Levracha, one of the Rosh Shivas in Panovich, so he writes a beautiful Hesper on the Panovich Rebbe, and he describes that after the war, the Panovich Rebbe was destroyed. The Panovich Rebbe said, How could I have left in Europe? Why, how come I didn't go back? I was like a captain who abandoned the ship. It said, Shmuel Ravzovsky, the which Rebbe responded and he said, you know what? Now that I'm the captain, I'm the ship, I'm the leader, I have to recognize my responsibility, I have to now rebuild, I have to go now and rebuild all the communities that we lost, all the yeshivas that we lost, and in that way, I'll be machaper for the fact that I wasn't there for the community. And it's interesting, in Shlaim drushes and the sichot of Shlaim, he describes how after World War II, many of the g'dayim came together in Eretz Yisrael, and they were sitting together and discussing. They were all lamenting the destruction. The g'dayim were describing how many shivas they lost, how many great talmid chachamim, how many rosh shivas, how much terror is now gone, and they were all just crying about the loss. And the panavitch Rebbe got up and he said, Gedalim, chachamim, you're right." This is how much we lost. But that's not going to help us. We have to look towards the future. We have to look towards how much we can now rebuild. And Bez Hashem in Eretz Yisrael is going to be yeshivas. And there's going to be Qayelim. There's going to be Torah. There's going to be Dailam. And the part of Rebbe was really an incredibly positive person. But that was the message he was trying to impart to us. That a person who's a leader, a person who's taking responsibility for the community has to recognize that is his achrayis, that it's his job to make sure to lead the community properly, to make sure that they're coming closer to Hashem, to make sure that he's building places of Torah, to creating more Gedalim, to creating mekayim and that is the leader's responsibility. Just to end up with a short pshat, based on the ideas that we've been discussing, the Gumar Baba Basinav Tzad writes, that when Avon Ravina was in Iftir, the Ummah said, woe is to the world that lost its leader, woe is to the world that, lo- that lost the captain to the ship. So now the question was, what were the, both Nekudas that were saying, we lost our leader, and we lost our captain. So I saw a beautiful pshat, based on the ideas that we've been discussing, that what they were saying was, is that sometimes it's the leader's job to go in front, to lead the community, to go first. However, when the ship is sinking, when the the community is in a challenge of crisis, it's the leader's responsibility to stay to the end, to make sure everybody else is saved. And that's what they were saying, that Avraham had both miles. Avramavinu led the world, he was the one who led the world to come closer to the Baruch Hu. he led the world, he led the battles, however, he was also the type of leader who was willing to take responsibility to stay to the end, to make sure everybody else was saved, that everybody else was saved. Hopefully, all of the learning that we've been discussing today, the ideas that we've been discussing, will all be halacha of that we won't have to practically ever deal with these issues, as Hashem, with the coming of Mashiach.